This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is Darby Allen and I'm going to go listen to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag, episode number 25. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And yes, thank you for joining us on the episodes that we make to answer your questions and by your i mean those of you who have signed up for our patreon you can just head over to patreon.com forward slash bwo and sign up for any one of our lovely tiers and then you too can ask your questions and have them answered on this very show and thank you to all of our patrons who have already signed up and are supporting us and are helping this show run week in and week out we appreciate you so very much as long as well as all of our other phenomenal ones who hang out with us over in our Facebook discussion group and who join us here on the chats on YouTube. Nick, why don't you tell them more about that? Yes, absolutely, guys. Come over and join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Uh, like our page and send us a join request to get into the discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. You will not regret it. It is one of the more positive, inclusive wrestling communities out there. We're very proud of it, and we're very proud of all of you that are already a part of it and keep it that way. Hat tip as well. To the sheriff. 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 Uh, <laughs> inside the group, you'll find all kinds of fun news stories, memes, and links to our Discord community where we do live chats all throughout the week for every show out there, including dedicated channels for pay-per-views such as WrestleMania that's too big for one night mm-hmm. happening next weekend. So we will have, I guess we're going to use the same channel. We don't need two channels that one. But we have a dedicated space for it to keep all of the spoilers out of the discussion group. So help us, help the sheriff, and uh, help everybody else that doesn't get to watch things in a very timely manner all the time. Keep those spoilers in the Discord chats. Uh, But make sure you get into our Discord as well. It's a really, really cool place. You can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, and we stream live right here every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you like any of the videos that you enjoy, including this one if you guys are watching live, and uh, be sure to jingle that notification bell so you get notified anytime we do go live or put up new content. Uh, Ian, we got a lot of questions to get through to on today's mailbag. Thank you to all of the patrons for getting all your questions in. I'm finding the sooner I get the post up, 
the more questions and the better the questions become because it's not like Funny last how that minute works. people are just trying. <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, the negative, con- the side effect of that is that we get longer, more thorough questions that uh, That's awesome. we basically have to That's great. book bonus episodes. But yes, let's do these. We're going to kick things off yes. with Andy Jessup. Andy, thank you very much for your question here. First of all, thank you for all you do. You guys are the constant in these uncertain times. Thank, thank you, you, sir. sir. Thank, thank you very, very much. much. Secondly, thank you, thank you, thank you. Chris White, it's time, son. In case you don't know, Chris White <laughs> is our current BWO patron Pickham's champion. He says, it's time, son. I'm coming back for my title. You have been put on notice. Thirdly, rapid fire round. It's a would you rather rapid fire okay. round, sir, Ian Dangerous, all right? <sighs> would you rather have a sit-down conversation with Vince McMahon, or Eric Bischoff. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Absolutely. Would you rather take probably, a stone-cold stunner? Probably the same amount of truth out of both of their mouths, but still, Vince. Sure. Yes. Sure. Sure. I'd actually rather have one with Vince Russo. You know, what? Or Cor- yeah, or Cornette, for that matter. Um, would you rather take a stone-cold stunner? Oh, we're coming back to that one, by the way. Or a rock bottom? Uh, I'd rather take a stone-cold stunner. Because uh, I've taken both of them before, and the rock bottom sucks. It's you're getting <laughs> you're your whole, the wind out knocked of you. the whole wind out of you. Stone Cold Stunner. If you do it right, it's not too bad. Like you just make, make sure your jaws is, is is closed tight. Stick your head out a little bit. It's fine. Um, you know, just just about the sell. It's only it only sucks if the person really cranks down on it and really like gives it to you. Then it sucks and fucks up your neck. But the uh, the rock bottom hurts like a son of a bitch yeah so uh, give, give me a, if you've ever fallen on your day. back and gotten the wind knocked out of you uh imagine doing that being thrown down right, by a right. 265 pound giant it sucks oh that can't be fun stone cold stunner for sure yep. for me uh would you rather be in a hardcore match with terry funk or a hell in a cell match with the undertaker in kayfabe or not <laughs> I don't know. Because in, in, <laughs> in kayfabe, uh, damn, I just I'd just shoot myself in the head. Just kill me. Either way, it's going to suck. No, in, in, in real life, I think I'd rather go uh, take her in a cell, especially the way that they're doing cell matches these days where they're basically just glorified cage matches. Terry Funk yeah. going to cut me up, beat me up, hurt me. He's going to take care of me. He's a safe worker. But at the same time, I'm going to end up in a lot of pain. After that match, give me a, give me a sell with Taker any day. I'll take the hardcore match with Terry Funk. Oof. I, I've watched. I the, don't know if I want to be anywhere near the Undertaker's ass. You know, I uh, that no. I don't know. I've seen a lot of Taker in a cell, and I've seen a lot of Terry Funk doing death matches. I am less scared of Taker in a cell. So I took a lot of ass whippings as a kid. You know, <laughs> you ain't never took anything like that, man. No, I would end up at a, <clears throat> a local medical facility. Uh, if I, after that match, but anyway, uh, yeah, for the experience, I'll, I'll take the hardcore match for Terry with Terry Funk. You can have. Uh, it. Would you rather induct Buff Bagwell or Perry Saturn to the Hall of Fame next? Perry Saturn because he's actually worth it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, would you rather have a promo cut on you by Samoa Joe or Chris Jericho? Jericho, because Joe's I think would hurt, and Jericho's would make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe does cut a little deep. Yeah. He ha- he has a way to find I, I your might weaknesses actually poop and, myself and target them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe would scare me. 
he would be calling, oh, Esther! No, 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 no! Oh, dog Ziggler! Yeah. Not the dog! <laughs> no, not the dog! Not the dog. Oh, the guy's going to be like Big Show all over again. Or no, oh, Al Snow. God. Al Snow all over again. Al Snow and, and uh, Boss Man. No! This next one is going to make your head explode. Okay. Would you rather fight a Big Show-sized hornswoggle or 10 hornswoggle-sized Big Shows? This is easy. Uh, I, t- one Big Show-sized hornswoggle. Uh, That'd be terrifying. It would be terrifying, but there's one of them. And Hornswoggle, as athletic as he is for, for a, a smaller performer, um, I, I feel like I'd have a better chance against one big guy than ten little guys with the knockout punch. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I would, yes. I would, rather, I would rather go for one big show size Hornswoggle, take out his knees, and then just take him out on the ground than have t- be swarmed by an army of little big shows. So I'm torn here because part of me wants to see 10 little big shows all kind of just scattered running around all over the place. Use the cheat code. They've got to have those in like the 2K21. They've got to have a cheat code to make you like big or small or like big head. They have like a big head mode, I think. It's not a cheat code. You can actually do your body size. But I'm saying, well, but I'm saying you can be a Minecraft block character. So can you now really? Can you so can you create yeah. Nick? You could do this. You could have ten little big shows in two K twenty already. Yeah, I think so. Why haven't you done Pretty this? Because sure. uh, I've been busy building the BWO universe over on Twitch, which you guys should come follow if you're not. Every Friday night after SmackDown, we stream it. Right, we did right, it last good, night. It was a lot of fun. Good point. Thanks everybody for showing up. Are this this is supposed to be rapid fire. I thought. I, I know it is. Okay. So yeah, stop it. Uh, would you rather watch the cheesiest, most awful tween movie with Keith Lee or the latest horror movie with Tai Chi and Nia Jax? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go tween movie with Keith yeah, Lee because I, I just want to hang out and have a beer I was, with Keith Lee. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that. Those I, other two could pound sand as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, I... It's I, 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 that would be something that I would do in order to just chill and hang out with Keith. Whereas I can watch horror movies on my own. I don't need to do that. I Tai Chi can go kick rocks. I don't need, right. you know. I, I get to watch horror movies on my own. Like it's not like I can never watch horror movies again. I have to watch with Tai Chi. Yeah. If you told me I could never watch horror movies again unless I had to watch them with Tai Chi, I'd be like, call his ass up. Let's go. But right. if I if it's between these two, oh, easy, Keith Lee. Now, do you think you could would come around on Tai Chi if you had what similar to rapid fire? If you had oh. similar tastes in horror films, specifically yes. Japanese horror films, do you think you and Tai Chi would be like accidental best friends? Possibly. Like stepbrothers I'm in starting a sense? to come like, around on. Did him. we just become best friends? Yep. He's he's showing <laughs> off a lot more wrestling. I I'm coming around on Tai Chi. He still annoys the absolute crap out of me. He works me, but if he comes out and he's he's like, oh man, you got to check out audition. I'd be like, Tai Chi, my boy. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. What if he said his favorite what uh, happened horror to movie Rapid was Tokyo? Fire, Howell? Was Tokyo Gore Police? I'd be you like, you're the your man. Mind. You'd fall in love. You're You'd the fall man. In love. Yes. Would you rather have Vince Russo book a wrestling show for your promotion? Or have Jim Cornette critique it. Jim Cornette critique it because th- I would make my promotion famous and it'd probably be really funny. Yeah. So. Uh, same. 
Uh, please don't put Vince Russo anywhere near nope. my promotion. I don't, I don't need the injection uh, of poison, as they no. say. Would you rather be in the WWE Hall of Fame or the New Japan Hall of Fame? Mm. I'm going to be completely transparent and say I didn't know that New Japan had a Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's, I'm going to say the WWE one. Um, yeah. I think it's just a little bit more known worldwide, even though it's sure. completely arbitrary and means kind of sure. nothing. Like, why not? Yeah, WWE. <laughs> oh, WWE. Sorry. WWE. Yep. Uh, and finally, would you rather be managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan or Paul Heyman? Heyman's got a better winning record with the people that he manages. Fair point. Kind of want to pick the brain, though. Brain's great, but if you're talking about strictly like people that like, there's a reason I mean, they're Punk called like, alone, people are called right? Paul Heyman guys, right? Yeah. There's no Bobby. The All brain right, Paul guys. Heyman. Yeah, Bobby you're the right. Brain's had you're a bunch right. of stables. Some of the times it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But that guy does not have a good record when it comes to big wins. Heyman. Yeah. He does. Agreed. So there you go. Thank you very much, Andy. That was also, that was a lot of fun. Also, I'd, I'd never have to say a damn thing because Paul just talked to me. Exactly. Uh, next up, Brian Average asks, what are some of your favorite wrestler shoot interviews over the years? Uh, were there certain wrestlers you didn't expect much from but were surprisingly more interesting than expected and others that were underwhelming? I, I got to immediately throw out the Moxley interview on uh, Jericho's podcast obviously, last year. Obviously. For, for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, that it, you can take that get, and, the, and the CM Punk one and just kind of put them up on, or somewhere, somewhere else. Ones that people all remember, yeah. like that shoot interview, you know. Simon got shooting on Enzo Oh, for Amore. no. How dare you bring that up? We'd almost forgotten. The, the YouTube algorithm had already almost let me go on that one, Nick. You had a, you're going to bring that up, and just by bringing it up, it's going to show up in all of our searches again. Come on. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll drive some traffic and subscribers to the channel. Oh, I don't Jesus know. Jesus Christ. You know. We need a thousand subscribers. No, get us there. No, well, not not that way. Not that way. Oh, not no. that way. Uh, <laughs> not by selling out for a uh, Enzo and God. Great, no. <laughs> a great shoot. Great shoots. Um, man, I'm trying I'm to thrown by the question that says others that were underwhelming. Um, I've seen some Hogan interviews where he tries to tell his history and tell stuff, but you don't know how much of it's fake. Well, that's what I was going to say. Know how much is, of it is, is, is it, it's mostly underwhelming stuff. Yeah, no, and and uh, you, I don't consider that a shoot because it's basically just his no. world. Um, oh man, um, I well, I liked Beyond the Mat as far as like people kind of, you know, talking about stuff they normally wouldn't talk about. Um. um. I think we're seeing a lot of stuff now with the dark side of the ring. That's the other one I'll throw out there that I just randomly thought of. It, they're not really shoot interviews, but we're, we're getting behind the scenes stuff of like what really happened. Uh, we've seen like the likes of Kevin Sullivan and, and some of those folks that were in and around it. Um, Raven's done a lot of shoot interviews. Cornette's, good God, Cornette buries the world might be <laughs> one of the bigger shoot interview time capsules of all time. If you haven't watched it, I'm sure you've seen those in your YouTube algorithms. Um, I, I'm just trying to think of all the ones. Yeah, I, 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 it's hard to get past the CM Punk and the Moxley ones of the last few, last five years. Like those are the ones that you just immediately hone in on. Um, Bully Ray, I think, has done some. 
in various Well, he's got his own podcast that, that has a name shockingly similar to ours. Yeah. Um, I think one guy that I was was shooting really hard and from the hip early on and had a lot of things that just kind of dropped my jaw about stuff that was going on backstage was uh, Shane Douglas. Um, he was a guy that that I remember seeing a lot of interviews with Kevin Nash, although again, you know, how much can you take it seriously? Um, I've seen a lot of interviews with him. I've got an underwhelming one finally. Uh, Ryback. Uh, yeah. Doing some of his... <laughs> I think he tried to have a retort after Punk's interview on Colt Cabana's podcast, and it was just not a good, not a good retort. He just doesn't have the weight, or it's funny because it used to be like chutzpah, you, if you, you know? if you had someone do, pull a shoot uh, back in the day, it meant that their career was kind of over because they were exposing the yeah. business and they weren't going to get worked with again. So when it happened, it was a big deal. But these days, now that everyone knows it's it's all theater, everyone's shooting, everyone's shooting like crazy, yeah. and so it's. It's sort of, is it a new yeah. kayfabe? Well, it's a dime a dozen now. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah. there's actually whole YouTube channels devoted to a lot of these guys who are, you know, like, hey, here's everyone talking about what it was like to work with Hulk Hogan. You've got guys like Shane Douglas or Taz or, or uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. wrestle with, with with Pritchard, you know? Right. Well, you've got table for, all Tables for Three, right? All those episodes on, on WWE Network now where it's it's just a whole big shoot. Legends of Wrestling, well, mediated by Mean Gene. Some of those were just out freaking standing. Um, all the like, stuff that was coming out from some of these, some of these guys talking about the old days. Um, I missed that show. You can still find it on YouTube. But uh, Esme says she just finally heard the CM Punk one. She'd never heard. She'd heard people talk about it, but never listened to it the other day. Holy smokes! It's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, it, that was. Now go listen to other Cole Cabana episodes over the through the course of 2018 as he was going to court and getting sued by the doctor that they slandered on his podcast, and understand why we have to be careful sometimes with our words because it's libelous. Uh, it can be libelous. Esme says JR shot on Ultimate Warrior the other day. I would love to hear what Ooh. that was like. On where? A lot of people, Send links. A lot of people have been shooting on Warrior. Um on his they, JR's barbecue podcast thing that he does. And they should. Oh man. There's a there is oh, actually man, a whole I just that. saw uh, what popped up on my YouTube the other day of people burying Warrior, like just a compilation of people burying Warrior. Anyway, yes, lots and lots of shoots. Thank you very much, Brian. That's a that's a good one. Makes me go down memory Seriously. lane and want to look for more. Seriously, and and, um, and I'll say it again, Brian. Thank you, thank you for hooking us up on the last show. I'm I'm going to continue on this train. Uh, well, before you take that drink, oh no. The next question up is the hundred dollar tipper himself, Dubstep Rob, who was our fiftieth patron to get all of you guys oh. what I got the first draft of today, which you will hear soon. Is the uh, Nia Jax dubstep? Well, song. I'm gonna cheers to both Rob and Brian then. So yeah. you we ask, have a lot of cheersing to do from the you last ask the episode, question. You I gotta catch up on this tequila. I, I think I've vowed yeah. to finish this bottle by the time we're done with this show. Oh boy, uh, he said. Rob says, "Hello, gents. Thanks for all that you're doing right now. Not only for the phenomenal ones, but for others who need a well-deserved break from the craziness outside. I'm a total mark for a wrestler who wears the crimson mask and gets busted wide open. Uh, it almost doesn't matter who it is. I can invest it in their storyline." And what's going on in the ring. Probably why I like AEW more than main roster stuff. I'm assuming he means WWE. I've been trying to figure out how to get the women's division in AEW over. And I was wondering what you thought about having some of the ladies get a little color. I could see Statlander benefiting by fighting through a mask. Showing that she's tough enough to challenge Nyla Rose. Maybe do something at Blood and Guts. As long as she doesn't take blading advice from Dustin. <laughs> I think it could be totally effective. What are your thoughts? Uh, what do you think about the women blading? 
Or are the women getting color? Sorry, I, I took say. too big of a swig. I'm shook a little bit over here. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I'm not mad at it. Um, yeah. The, I'm trying to think of the last time that I remember a woman getting color, and the last person I can think of was Sexy Star over in Lucha Underground. Um, when was the last? Becky? Yeah, Becky unint- unintentional color. Unintentional color. Yeah. Oh, um, sure. Charlotte's had unintentional color a couple times too, like busted lips or whatever. But I'm talking like yeah. le- legit, like going, you know, get the get the razor color. Um, right. full Dustin Rhodes crimson mask color. Right. Full Ric well, Flair even, bladed mask. Not even that. Not even like a full mask. Just any, just even a little bit. Um, and it was Sexy Star where she had legit color. And even then, I'm not sure if it was uh, a blade job or if it was, you know, a, a, a capsule. Um, oh, but JB, that, uh, with the shout out to uh, Beth Phoenix. Uh, oh, God. With yeah, the bust in the back of her way. head. Uh, her hair, her was whole head way. was, uh, hair was red. She, she went, she did the entire rest of the Rumble match with this mat of red on the back of her oh. head. Woof. <laughs> Sorry. Woof. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about specifically intentional uh, yep. color. You know what I mean? For the match. Getting color for the match. Obviously, not something we're going to see in WWE anytime soon. Uh, obviously, you know Becky with Shayna, Shayna biting her like that. That's kind of what we're going to see yep. is gimmicked uh, blood, if anything. But like women out, like if WWE were to change and someone were to get color, one of the first people I think about is Sasha Banks because she is a hardcore old wrestling fan who likes working really stiff. And I bet she would love to have a match where she got to get color. Um, do I think they should have matches where, where women get color? I'm not against it, but I don't think that they should necessarily do it in an intergender match. At least not right no. now. I'm thinking back. To, I'm thinking back to Candice LeRae wearing one of the gnarliest crimson masks you'll ever see out in Reseda, Nick. At that that you know you know where out the PWG building. Uh, where she got kicked in the face by the Young Bucks when they were wearing spiked shoes when she was teaming up with Joey Ryan. It's just just absolute, like, Google it. Just complete old-school crimson mask. Um, you can pull that off uh, in, in a small building in the middle of the valley. I don't think you can pull that off on TV. No. Not like that. Um, you'd have to start with, like, a women's match. And I don't think Statlander is a bad idea, but... Um, Would it kill the alien gimmick if she bled? If she bled red, <laughs> maybe. Doesn't she bleed oh, yeah. like green? Goo? Because the alien, the alien gimmick isn't dead already. Doesn't doesn't she have acid for blood? Because she's an alien. I don't. Oh my god, she's not that kind of alien. Calm down. Damn it. I know you love those movies. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, no. I think I think that um, I'm not I, I'm not against the idea. I think that's not a bad idea. Uh, but again, used sparingly, used in the right way, as with any blading these days. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a good idea. Yeah, I, I think it would so. too. Oh, it could give some some t- un, uh, unintended toughness response, but I does that is that required to be done with an audience? Would be the que- the next question I had. You know, is, is it the right time to do that? I, I don't know. I feel like AEW hit the big reset button a few weeks ago on the women's division, and they started to steer the ship in the right direction. So I'm kind of like hands off the wheel right now. Let's see where they go with this because <laughs> right. it it wasn't good for the first six months. Let's see hey, what man, they do on can the back you imagine? Nine. Can you imagine if Charlotte and, and uh, Rhea had legit like, bl- like a blade job in it? Like it just was such an intense match that you had like one of them got busted open. 
Yep. So, I mean, Charlotte's yeah. got the best teacher in blading with Rick. So <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna learn how to blade, right. And your daddy's Rick Flair. I mean, you got right. an in-house knowledge right there. It. You got to do it. <laughs> no, I I would. That's one I would love to see. It. Basically, long long story long, Rob. Um, yes, I I totally think that's something that they could do. Um, and I wouldn't mind if they did it. It's just a matter of who's gonna who's gonna pull it off. AEW, I think, obviously more likely because yep. they actually still do blood. Um, but there's a lot of places I could see it being. They're a blood and guts company. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you very much, Rob, and thank you very much for your generous generosity thank you. on the thank you show. so much, man. So freaking much, all you guys. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, next up, Alex asks, "Hey guys, thanks for being awesome and my moment of positivity on a weekly basis." Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, brother. Hope you guys are doing well still among this crisis. My questions this week. Or do you think No Way Jose, Chad Gable, EC3, and Ali will ever really get a chance to become big stars and get a decent push in WWE? There was a time when Jose, Gable, and Ali all had big pops when they came out, and EC3 has proven himself outside of WWE. Or do you think they will stay in the same position until they decide to leave or get released? Uh, what do you think? Uh, no way, Jose. He's toast. He's always going to be where he is yep. in this company. Chad Gable, there is an outside possibility, but I think that the Shorty G gimmick is dead in the water, as we all knew it would be, because it's freaking terrible. Um, it's just a matter of that they have the faith to repackage him, but they have so much talent. I don't know if they will. EC3, dead in the water. They're just keeping him there because he's got too much stuff outside of WWE, and I think they're just spiting him at this point. Yep. Ali, yes, I think that we're, we're, holding our breath before they bring him back and have something really big to do with him. I think Ali still has... I, I think they're going to give him another try. I think they're bringing him back in with a repackage. That's what those symbols were for a while there. Maybe not that, maybe something else. But I think that they're going to bring Ali back uh, in some way and try again with him. Yeah, I think that they, they believe in him a lot. Same. Still. So if of all of those guys, Ali is the one I think they might still give um, a push to. Yeah. He also asked, uh, last question, do you see Sean P Spears holding a title in AEW? I was hoping he'd get a bigger push at this point than he has. It's funny because the way that they brought him in, I think we probably should have paid more attention to. He came in as a big name in the Battle Royale. And I think that's kind of where he's, fa he's fit in, in AEW. He's a big name, he's a big personality, but he's happy being like, you know, mid-card, upper mid-card, a guy who is considered a threat um, but is not ever really one of like the big names, at least at this point. And they may circle back around and have him become something later, but he seems like he's happy collecting a check, being able to have the freedom to do what he wants in that company, run his wrestling school, um, you know, and just kind of chill. Like he doesn't seem like he's got the, I don't know, the impetus to go do that, or there he's just like kind of hanging out and waiting for other people to have their time, and he'll step up to the next level later on. And that's one of the ways that they seem to be booking that company is everyone's going to have kind of their time in the spotlight. And Sean Spears is right now, he's just kind of coasting along. He's got his thing going on. He's not winning too much. He's not losing too much. But he, he's staying threatening. So could I see it like down the road? Yeah, a year or two from now, it's quite possible. It's quite possible they may circle around to him and he may become something again. Maybe it's the tag team titles. Maybe it's the main title. I'm not sure. Uh, I could see him, them circling around on him. But I also could be... I could be fine with him just staying kind of where he is in the company and just being another name that people recognize. And when he comes out, people go, hey, it's Sean Spears. So My thoughts align with Marshall in the chat. I wanted to call that out because he said exactly what I think. I feel like the, the 
chair shot to the back of the head uh, from Sean Spears on Cody. They tried to build it around bringing Tully in to advise him, and I feel like they missed the boat on that whole thing. We've seen such awesome builds around MJF, uh, Jericho, yeah. all of that stuff. Like they, they completely screwed the pooch on that one, and it seemed it like left it was him sitting really there quickly. just kind of wondering what he's going to do now. Twisting in the wind a little bit. Yeah, and that there was a lot of potential there, and they didn't really capitalize on it, which was kind of surprising to me. Yeah. And I wonder if they'll circle back around with that at some point. I hope so. He's a talented guy. So. Yeah. Thank you very much, Alex. Great question. Um, thank you. Uh, next up, Jardy. Jardy DeWanamaker. Jardy. Uh, hey, guys. Thank I you, hope. Thank you. Thank you, Jardy, for the tip on the previous yeah. show. Yeah, you don't need to do uh, another cheers shot. Cheers again. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Jardy asks, uh, hey, guys. I hope everybody is still safe. Not a wrestling question this week. Which are your favorite music bands or artists that don't sing in English? Amana Marth. Personally, I have to go with Ram- English? Ramstein. Sometimes. They sing I don't, I don't Marth? Yeah, they do. Do they? Yes. Maybe I just don't understand them then. Uh, personally, I have to go with Ramstein. Uh, I wish everybody a nice day and be safe. Thank you, uh, sir. Thank you, Jardy. Um, uh, Sigur Ross, uh, Baby Metal. Dima Borgir. Oh, Dima's um, good, yeah. Dima's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, Let's see. It's basically just about anybody that's on Rowan Shirtwatch playlist. Sepultura. <laughs> Sepultura. They sometimes yeah. sing in, in Portuguese. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Rowan Shirtwatch bands. <laughs> For sure. Eligatufi uh, or whatever their name is. Eludafe, yeah, I can't remember. I think Corpaclani is half, half, time, half time in English, half time not. Um, yeah, the guys in the chat, Fintroll. <laughs> oh, Fintroll, right. Um, what are think. your favorite bands that don't sing in English? Uh, Guitar Wolf out of Japan. Um, yeah, I'm trying to brainstorm. <laughs> I think I knocked out all my big ones right, right off the bat. Rammstein for sure, though. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a great... Can't argue with that. No, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm stuck. I, yeah, I'm still kind of stuck. I, I'm gonna. Have to I know I'm gonna to think of one. As soon as, we, as soon as we move on, I'll be like, "Oh God, those guys." We'll call it out when you get to it. Thank you very much, Jardy. Love talking about me. You got two music metal geeks here as well. Uh, next up, Josh asks. Until I heard Excalibur's interview on Talk is Jericho, I had no idea he was one of the people who started PWG and is still involved with it today. So my question is, do you think at some point in the future? PWG could become a sort of developmental for AEW. What do you mean in the future? <laughs> it's already there. It's already it's like seriously, that's actually pretty much what PWG was in a lot of ways. It's been a feeder Almost. system for Ring of Honor and and NXT and WWE for years now. For years. I mean, like you can actually go look at the PWG roster. Go year by year from 2005 on and look at the people that have come through that. It's breathtaking. It's jaw-dropping. It's almost a rite of passage in a way. Like like multiple WWE champions, multiple New Japan champions, multiple uh, uh, AEW mainstays, Ring of Honor champions, Impact champions. Like that... That place has had so much talent come through it. It's absolutely mind-boggling. And it's actually funny. Right now, it's probably the least amount of talent that they've had in all that time. They still put on great shows. Um, But that's just because the indie scene has just been so gutted by WWE and AEW snapping everybody up. Uh, But yeah, no. If you go look at that roster of PWG, they've, they've already been the feeder system 
for NXT for the last 10 years, for AEW for the last few years. It's already there. It's already there. It's just, it's finally kind of to the point now where a lot of like AEW is giving back in a sense. I think Excalibur being, be, Excalibur being on commentary in AEW is their way of kind of giving back to him. Joey Ryan is another guy who's one of the founders of PWG. And look at him. He's over an impact. Yeah. So, yeah. The fun part about Excalibur, though, is that when you go to a show, he's kind of there by himself. He's doing all the commentary. He's doing the bell. He's doing uh, all, he opens the show, um, you know, hyping as the hype man of the opening of the show. It's it's all it seems seemingly all him. I know that he has help booking the talent and things like that, the, the logistics of behind the scenes and things like that. But he's mostly the face of that of that promotion. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to see all of it still continue, and he's doing full time work over on AEW as well. I mean that kudos that that's a lot of yeah. work. So yeah, yeah. Thank you, Josh. Uh, more more awareness of Excalibur out there is is always always welcome. good. Always always welcome. And I know he's not everybody's flavor, but uh, for me, that's just like a comforting voice from the neighborhood. Yeah. So every time I hear exactly. him, I'm like, oh, it's like it's, it's kind of actually jarring. <laughs> to see him calling a big show like this. I was like, oh, geez. With his mask anyway. and his tassels and everything, too. Yeah. Right? I was like, hey, what you? I, I'm glad he kept that uh, as as part Same. of his uh, well, his thing on commentary. His gimmick. Yeah. His gimmick. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Uh, next up, Brandon asks, Hey, fellas, I hope you're doing well in these strange times, and thank you for the consistent content you give us every single week. I've got two questions today. Uh, as they showed WrestleMania 30 on ESPN, which included the ending of the streak by Bork Laser, my... Bork. My question is, who out of all of his Mania opponents, who would you have had break the streak? And also, if you could have chosen anyone on the current roster to have ended it, who would you choose? Oh, so we're talking about... uh, Breaking Undertaker's streak. Breaking Undertaker's streak. So if not Brock Lesnar, who would it have been? I wouldn't have broken it. That's my my point. That that is the correct answer. He would have gone to 30-0... And he would have ridden off with his hand fist in the air and left all his ring gear in the kind of he did little pieces of this, yeah. But and just if, ridden yeah, off into the sunset. If we're rewriting history, definitely Undertaker never loses at WrestleMania and leaves this unbeatable streak and rides off into the sunset. And we don't have matches with him versus Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. And we don't have him coming back from losing to Roman Reigns after a garbage match. Like all of that, erase all of that. He retires undefeated at WrestleMania, hat and cloak in the ring. That's it. Yep. Fist in the air, like you said. Yep. Um, if you had to have somebody beat him, I think Brock was the right decision because they made Brock the final boss for all the years after that. Yeah. Um, and that was the beginning of that. They put all that equity on Brock. And with what they've done with Brock since then, that legitimizes Brock so much more. Every time you see Brock beat somebody, we'll go, oh, well, he also beat the taker at WrestleMania. So, you know, if any guy, like, I guess that's the one, right? I think I almost, if you have to have taker beaten, though, story-wise, Shawn Michaels would have been a cool one. Well, I want to comment on the cool. on the Lesnar thing. So it's it's no secret that one of the ways that guys go out is on their back, right? The, the yes. go, going out on your back like a champ is kind of a phrase that that people will throw around. And you know, sure, on your reti- the eve of your retirement, you put the other guy over. So I think if right. that had been the moment and Brock Lesnar broke the streak and that was the end of Taker and fist in the air and we were done and he officially retired and maybe came back years later. Maybe for a spot, maybe for a promo, sure. maybe as a manager valet, maybe something. 
not doing matches like he's still doing today. Not like Cholo Taker coming out with no audience <laughs> like we had last week. So, well, uh, the other thing is, is I, I think if he had just if he had lost to Brock and that had been it, that's a really disappointing match to do that to because the dude was concussed and could barely move. Like he was a mess, legit mess after that match. Like he went to the hospital after that match. Like Brock beat the crap out of him. Yeah, legit. Um, so. Yeah, that would not. I would not have wanted him to end there. I would have wanted him to come back, but there was so much that was lost with it, with it ending there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's always going to be a tough one because we have to like ask who takes that equity if not Brock. And I've, I've I see people and in the chat they said Alistair Black and I you know I agree that they should try to that uh, uh, either Bray or Alistair were the guys that they could have really put the Undertaker equity on. Brave faced Undertaker at WrestleMania lost in a in a terrible match. I Alistair, I don't know at this point. You know, I, I think it's too late. Taker Taker has given up so much equity. Yeah, having Alistair no, beat him at WrestleMania, it's done. Would leave a bad taste in people's mouth. I, I think uh, even here on the show, I said early on when when Alistair was first, when I think when he was NXT champion before he did the tag thing with Ricochet and all of that. Um, there was, I think I was speculating like there's this possibility that he could be the next like super mythical, fantastic char- fantastical character mm-hmm. to follow on the undead warlock. You know, that he could be that next one. And yeah, I think there was a time around that time where I thought, okay, taking out Undertaker could pass that on. And But they've botched the entrance week after week. They've really screwed up the character by hiding him in a black box and... Pick a fight with me. <laughs> it, they've completely he's, ruined it. It's not in a black box. He's very obviously in a room in the back that he's had dressed up with lights and everything, and he's just sitting there staring at a camera going, yeah. come and fight me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you're curtain. Why, why are we talking about this? You're getting me agitated. All right. Well, his next question is... Don't get, don't not, get me agitated. i got to take a drink more tequila. Well, his next question is going to require some tequila. He says, because it's going to make us choose. Who are your top five wrestlers of all time? Hope you what? both don't go too crazy in these times, and thank you for everything. So, Brandon, I, I think we could do this quickly, I hope, um, but I'll point you to the December 2018 bonus episode, which is where, at least for WWE, we did our Mount Rushmores, uh, both yes. of us. Uh, that was the one that where we – and within that episode, you'll hear a lot of debating about who's who and why they deserve to be there. And we, we had a big, big debate between the two of us about – why we picked who we did so and it was also i mean we actually broke it down to you know if we were making like a mount rushmore of wrestling not five but four and we were saying like there's different kinds of mount rushmores there's like a historical mount rushmore if you look at like their impact there's a technical one there's a modern era one there's like our personal favorites there's just in wwe or do i have to include someone like can i include people from outside of wwe there's a whole bunch of different caveats you can't just like for me and this this, this is way with movies with music with art with anything if you ask me what's my favorite anything it is goddamn impossible for me to pick yeah you know what i mean like it, it, it changes day to day week to week month to month so but yeah no good point nick going and listening to that episode will give you a really good insight into into a lot of that because it's <laughs> we break it down uh sure breaking news we just got a uh, a pretty special tip in the tip jar um, I'm assuming based on the last name that this is Brian Average, Average's wife. 
and just put $3.33 in the tip jar. It says, I'm in healthcare and currently at work. My husband is listening oh now. Dude, be Lisa, above and beyond thank the $3. You. Thank you for everything no. you're doing uh, to Seriously. all healthcare workers out there. I, I've seen some of the pictures and the videos and the stories and uh, everybody applauding in big downtown areas like London and Atlanta and New York City and everywhere, yeah. just the cheers and applause for the healthcare community. I, I wish... I'm not going to say anymore because that's uh, that, I mean, I'm going to leave it right there because we're going to get ugly and political and I just I'm going to leave it right there. No, no, no. I, I, we don't even have to. I'm, yeah. Let's keep it positive and let me yeah. just say that like you know I, we I was talking to Lyle this morning in the Facebook discussion group. Um, I know people that are still going out there and working at grocery stores and and in the healthcare industry and everyone who's just who's out there and putting themselves at risk. Yeah. So that everything can still function, so that some things can still function. Uh, absolute heroes and. I am so grateful for that. I have the, I guess, luck of being able to be just sitting here in my house quarantined and, you know, not have to go do anything and, and just be able to sit here and do this show, which is I'm, I'm feeling incredibly blessed to be able to do when I, I know there's people out there who are getting their, abs, their asses absolutely kicked doing all of these other things that are required that are necessary for society to keep functioning. So thank you to all of you. Thank you, Lisa, for doing this. And thank you, thank you Lyle. Thank you, everybody. Who's out there continuing to work, um, you know, stocking the stores, uh, helping people, whether it's medical, whether it's whether you know whatever it is you're doing. Thank you. Yes, for that. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, so are we doing top five wrestlers, or are we just saying go listen to the Mount Rushmore episode? Yeah, go listen to the Mount because it's, it's it's so, so much, much better than we'll it's, answer it's, in five we minutes. Got a, we literally got an hour and twenty minutes talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how much we could talk about it. Yeah. It's a, it's a big answer. Yeah, absolutely. it's a big answer. Uh, thank you very much, Brandon. Um, let us know what you think about the our Mount Rushmore picks because that's uh, that'll be curious. I know there was a thread going in the discussion group about that uh, this week as well. Uh, next up, Billy asked, "Gentlemen, I have to ask." Billy, another guy who's another guy who's out there doing doing the good work. By the way, thank you. Billy sir. is a uh, uh, retail, I guess, a grocery manager running yeah. a store, keeping a Cheers. store open in Colorado, I believe. Thank you very much, Billy, for everything you're doing mm. as well and for your contributions to the show constantly. Uh, gentlemen, I have to ask, does AEW pander too much? People always say WWE doesn't listen, but does, uh, does AEW pander to the audience too much? Mm. Ty Dillinger didn't get pushed, so they sign him. People wanted mm. like Harper, people wanted Harper to get pushed. I, I'm translating uh -huh. kind of what he's saying here. He had some opportunities, but now he's getting pushed. Even yes. if he's in his late thirties and isn't fit to be a long-term company face, Dean Ambrose was mostly just there and seemed lazy or phoning it in. Maybe he's got a new lease on life, so he might deserve his push, so that's no issue to me. To me, they pander to people too much as some sort of petty way to say, we're better. Credit due, Cody is always professional in public and on Twitter about WWE and has never seemed bitter about things. Well, huh. interesting perspective. Uh yeah, I've I've seen Cody be a little snipey a couple times about WWE, but he definitely he's trying, I think, and it's just his way of staying positive. He's trying to take it on the chin, where he says Stardust was my fault. Um, but you can tell that there's this undercurrent of that of of him saying that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I I don't see I I I think I see what he's saying as far as pandering in the sense that. They're definitely they have that feeling of please like us sometimes, but at the same time that is kind of what they're like. They need to be doing that. They need to be out there 
building those bridges and being like, hey, everybody like us, like we're the, we're the cool alternative company. I don't see it as pandering when it comes to them signing people because that is them actually building equity. You're taking people that are good performers and putting them in positions where they can, they can help you improve overall. The um, word I would use is opportunistic. Exactly, right. They're taking like, advantage yeah, of situations that WWE is putting their superstars in and showing them – are poaching we would use in the corporate world. Like we see somebody that's in a bad situation, not happy, not happy in their job placement, not happy with their situation, and be like, hey, greener grass. Right. Here's a little more yeah. money too, and hey, we'll make you famous. And also, like when I, here, I think that the, the way that he's using the term push is more about – um, they're giving them TV time. They're giving them opportunities. It's not necessarily necessarily bleh, Sasha Banks. It's not necessarily that they're giving them a push um, because we haven't really seen how far they're going to go with, with uh, Brody Lee yet. If they're going to let him win a lot of matches or go for titles or anything, he's just going to get TV time. There's lots of people that lose a lot, like Sammy Guevara, yep. um, that are on TV a lot. You couldn't say that Sammy Guevara is getting pushed per se. But you could definitely say that he's getting TV time. He's getting exposure. And there's a sure. lot of guys I think that they're giving exposure to. And it's not because they're pandering, but it's because they're talented guys and they're saying, well, crap, if WWE, if you're not happy over there and you want to come get some exposure and show what you can do, we'll use you. We'll and, use your talents. And there's an element of sink or swim. You're getting thrown into the deep end finally. Like you've been treading water over in the four-foot deep section of the pool on the lower mid card. Maybe it's some indie shows, things like that. Here you go. Top of the card, inner circle, Sammy Guevara, can you hang? And he has. So I don't know if it's pandering so much to a particular smarky indie audience, I think is what you're implying there, Billy. But I think it's more about taking op- finding opportuni- or, or taking advantage of opportunistic situations where wrestlers have been underutilized or mistreated or haven't been booked well and giving them the opportunity to shine in a sink or swim kind of environment. I think Sean Spears... Ty Dillinger is a perfect example of that. They gave him right out of the gate. Go give Cody a headshot. We're also going to saddle you with Tully Blanchard. I don't know if that's saddling. That's that's like we're going to give we're, you the opportunity to work with. We're going to saddle up your horse with Tony Blanchard. Like we're going to we're going to set you up for greatness. Right. Right. Let's see what you can do. And they're it, setting up a lot of these guys. Like yeah. like here you go, guys. We're giving you a big old platter. And it's it's funny to you know to hear him say that. Dean was there phoning it in or being lazy. It felt to me like, especially listen to the podcast he did with Jericho, like if he was phoning it in, it was because he was so, uh, in some ways, held back. He felt restricted. And so it's hard to put your all into it when you don't feel like you're doing what you want to be doing. Like you're not passionate about it. It killed his passion. Right. You can't say he's phoning it in now. No. That guy is like a live wire on TV all the time. Like he definitely feels like he is checked in speaking of wire he did a death match with kenny omega where they suplexed each other into barbed wire well he did he did some pretty hardcore stuff in wwe too but not like that but yeah i know what you're saying but at the same time this is definitely much feels much more like he has been released in a sense and i don't think that that's aew pandering to the crowd and saying oh look what we're doing we're we're we got John Moxley, and he. And, we're going to let it unleash him. And it's not just AEW. Gato over in New Japan had him run the card during the G1 last summer. Yeah, he made a big deal out of him. He he knows what he, he knew what he had too. I mean, Gato's. It's not just AEW. <laughs> he had him come in and destroy Juice Robinson on his first night and win the title. So I mean, th- obviously, it's not just AEW seeing equity in John Moxley, and that's really what it is. It's equity. 
you're taking people that are good performers and improving your product with them, seeing if they can improve your product. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, while there are aspects of AEW, I could see being argued as pandering. Um, it's not something that I think is unique to AEW. Their style of it, maybe. I view it as accessible as well. Cody, the Bucks, Kenny, they're all very active and interactive on social media. Yeah, all of the superstars yeah. are interactive. They're not under these like gag orders or anything like that. that some, <laughs> right. some people are in WWE because of press and... Well, because you're a public company, you have to do some of that stuff, and I, I give them a pass on that. But and full disclosure, they've yeah. been very kind to us here on this show sure. as far as access. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like they they've been very open with us, and we didn't feel it. They were pandering to us and saying like, "We need, we want your support." It was just kind of like, "Yeah, guys, you want you want some, you want to get some uh, some photos from us? Here you go. Uh, you want access to our our people? Here you go." You know, it it didn't feel like they were um, they were doing it at. Um, how should I put this? In like a cold, calculating way. Yeah. It just was like, that's just how we want to run our or company. Or expecting anything in return or anything right. like that. They, yeah. just, they want everybody to come watch their show and hug it out exactly. and, and enjoy the, the show that they're putting on every single week. You know. And I'm not going to lie. You and I, I, I don't know about you, Nick. I really gravitate to that. If I Same. feel like someone's, someone's a good person there and they're doing something because they want other people to be elevated as well, that goes a long way with yep. me. So. It's Frankly, it's one of the reasons that I, I'm so invested in AEW right now. And I know everybody's well, not, yeah. you know. And I, that's the thing is I, I do have to try to keep a little bit of, of distance from it, a little like try to still look at things from an arbitrary way on this show because I don't want to come across as being biased necessarily towards AEW. I want to still be able to look at it and, you know, say what's good, say what's bad. Same with WWE. Same. So, yep. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, Billy. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, dude. Uh, good luck out there in Colorado. Stay safe, brother. Um, next up, Mark asks, my favorite version of Stone Cold's interest music was Disturbs cover <laughs> in the early 2000s. I thought it added an extra layer of vicious raw energy. What are some current superstar themes you'd like to see covered by, and what bands and artists would cover them? Oh, oh man. Um, dang, that's going to take me a second to think about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love to hear Nakamura's entrance covered by Cradle of Filth oh. <laughs> or Dimu Borgir. Either way, I'd love to hear Slayer's Some Slayer's Black. version of the Rock's entrance. <laughs> Speed metal thrash. Yes, yes. Oh, that would be great. Uh. Oh, dude. Well, if we're doing, if we're, hey, let's get the big four of thrash metal. I'll go Metallica doing Randy Orton's entrance, like, like, like Fuel era, like even though it's kind of crap era Metallica, but like just I think that the vibe would fit Randy Orton's. Um, I hear voices in my head. They call to me. They talk to me. They call to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody's allowed to touch Triple H's entrance because it's a goddamn nope. masterpiece. No, 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 no. Nope. 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 Let's motorhead. Don't piece, touch motorhead. Um, yep. I'm trying to think of. Oh man, who's a good melodic metal? Uh, cheers, to, Children cheers of Bodom. Before I'm gonna let you finish drinking so you don't spit it everywhere. Children of Bodom covering Daniel Bryan's entrance theme. <laughs> da 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 <laughs> <Sorry>. da da. da. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be kind of be cool. I'd I love can see that. Yeah, all uh, the all the keyboard work you get in Children of Odom and all that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, God, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be that at all. 
I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Um, trying to think of other good ones. Who else has a has a great entrance? Oh, hmm. Uh, who would be a good one to cover that? I'm trying to think what what band. I'm trying to think what band besides Corn has a has a, a bagpipes in it for Drew McIntyre. Illatufale, whatever that Rose Shirtwatch band is. Um. Yeah, maybe. I, one of yeah, one of Rowan Shirtwatch's uh folk metal bands. <laughs> Brian said uh Nick is dead on. I'm erect for that. I I'm assuming you mean Children of Bodom or said, or a Slayer wait, or the or, Slayer one. Slayer, the Slayer one's yeah. really good. Yeah. Slayer one's really good. Uh <laughs> Weird Al doing a parody of Undisputed Era song. <laughs> Esme, that's brilliant. Brilliantly that's done. Brilliant. Um, uh, I mentioned baby metal earlier. Yeah. Have them do Io Shirai's theme instead of well, uh, what's her name? Well, they've already used karate for uh, the Kabuki Warriors at, in that little video did. package, and it was so perfect. Did. It was great. Hey it was great. Hey, 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 it was great. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Oh, uh, good question, Mark. Um, oh, 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 oh. Uh, there's one more I wanted to say. Come on. Um, get it out. That's a. Ah, damn tequila. I'll I'll come back to it. Right. I'll come back to it. Uh, he did confirm. Yes, children of Bodom doing Daniel Bryan. Yes, uh, I would. Ooh. I'm act actually might tweet at them and be like, Hey, Ooh. you guys want to give this a shot? Because they do do a lot of covers. They have covered Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. If you've never heard that, go yes, look that up on YouTube after nuts. the show because it's fantastic. So it's, did uh, I forget if it was Six Feet Under or Ten Masked Men covered a Britney uh, covered a Britney Spears song too. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, what about? Um, Blink-182 covering Dolph Ziggler's entrance. I'm not a huge fan of them anyway. <laughs> Me neither. That's why it would be great. Oh. It would be so damn annoying. It would be, be the worst. Or or not Blink-182, like any of those obnoxious punk bands like um, uh, My Chemical Romance, something like that. Yeah. Covering, covering Dolph Ziggler's entrance theme. I was trying to think of the, like, who are some of the big epic... Like, Aleister Black's is already very metal and fine. Yeah, the Aleister Black's I'm, I'm trying to think of... Is there like a scream? No, that Although, wouldn't work. Although, Max Cavalera doing the vocals for Aleister Black's theme would... <laughs> my nipples would be very erect. Yeah. Mm. I was trying to think of some of the bigger ones like Undertaker or something. How do you cover that? It's just mostly a chant. It's, I've heard a metal cover of Undertaker's song, and it's just... Yeah, what, what are you going to do with it? Kane, too, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we could we could do we could do this all day. That's a lot of fun, Mark. Thank you very much. That's a good question. Next up, the Mop Man himself, Sean Clark. Yes. Or Mop Man Perry Sean, he says. Uh easy one this week. Uh who are a couple of your favorite debuts? Thanks for being awesome. Thank you, Sean. Ooh, thank you, Sean. Thank you. Uh, uh debut. Debuts. Huh? Had, debuts I mean, best, AJ debuts. Styles at the Royal Rumble Ooh. in twenty fifteen. Um, I think Dude, 14 I'll, right at, first one that comes to my head. That's gotta be, that's gotta be Kane. <laughs> Kane. That's gotta be, he rips the door off the, the cell stands up in front of undertaker. He's taller than undertaker, bigger than undertaker. That to, to this day, that's one of the greatest debuts of all time. And taker had a great debut. Look at the size of that ham hock. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> taker had a great debut. Kane's debut is all time, all time. Uh, Jericho's was good, except that the, the only problem with Jericho's debut, and Jericho's, the build of his debut in WWE, and the way it was actually, well, like, when he debuted was absolutely amazing. But then The Rock 
people forget this. The Rock then kind of verbally eviscerated him. Yeah. And that's the only thing that undercuts Jericho's and keeps his from being all-time. Because up until that point, it was absolutely perfect, his debut. And um, Taz had a pretty good one, too. I, I'm going to throw this one out there as a bit of a wild card. I really enjoy when they spend time building up debuts with vignettes or things like that. Uh, the original Wyatt family. Uh, vignettes uh-huh. and the and the debut of the Wyatt family with with yep, Bray that Wyatt. Was really good. All of the the rock and chair vignettes that we used to get yeah. in the barns and things, and him uh-huh. just being that that's all the preacher that's just out there doing his thing, right? Uh, well, and and that's and that actually had sustained them for years. They sustained them for years after they had kind of lost the way with the whole angle, the whole gimmick. Yep. Um, if you're talking about vignettes before the debut, uh, Mister Perfect has some of the greatest debut vignettes of all time. With him, like throwing the football down the field and then catching his own touchdown, the the basketball, all of that. The basketball one, yeah, um, I remember that one. Honestly, and he's talking about Bray Wyatt. Um, well, I was, let's not, not him. forget. But I'm saying let's let's go back to Bray Wyatt for a second because yeah. you just reminded me, the debut of the Fiend, when the Fiend, the first Fiend entrance, SummerSlam last year, at SummerSlam of last year, still some of the biggest goosebumps I've had in wrestling in ten years. Yeah. That was like. Let's not get let that over be, be overshadowed by everything that's come after with the fiend. That entrance, that debut was absolutely world class, absolutely mind blowing. How amazing that was with the new music, the remixed music by Code Orange, I think, is the band that did it, um, which is a great band. Go check them out. Uh, between that and the the reveal of the lantern and everything else, just my God, what a great! What a great day. I'll call that a debut. Yeah. And, and, oh, and if you want is. like epic entrances, like for their first uh, WWE appearance, let's talk about Nakamura in NXT. Like how, how hyped that crowd was for him. Even when and he showed up on the main song. roster, everybody was still singing that damn theme song. Yeah. Like, even oh, people yeah. that didn't watch wrestling knew the. Like, everybody, yeah. everybody knew that, right? Oh, no. All, I loved hearing all the people, like seeing the people in the crowd, like kind of looking around, like, what the, what the hell? You know, what, people are singing this guy's song. And who is this guy? Like Nakamura, definitely they they silver platter, and they just. Yep. Let's have a long boring match with Dolph Ziggler. Oh, terrible. <laughs> great the question, radicals, Sean. The radicals jumping the fence. Yeah, there's a bunch of great ones. Oh, That's yeah. a great question. Good I'm, I'm going to say still my favorite. My favorite of all times, Kane. So yeah, mine's probably the Wyatts. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, next up, Martin asks, uh, who would you put in a reformed DX faction? Triple H, China, X-Pac, and the Outlaws version. You have to name replacements for each members, each member. Huh. Huh. Who is, I mean, how do you, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure I can find an X-Pac, a New Age Outlaws, and a Triple H. How the hell do you replace China? Like, who is even close to having that kind of presence? Maybe not her build or prep. Maybe not her build and her physique. I'm immediately immediately thrown towards a Tessa Blanchard. Rhea, Rhea, Tessa, maybe in terms of, like, the vibe they give off. But the presence, the attitude, uh, the intergender work that she's done over in Impact. So I'm immediately thrown to Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. Um. Outlaws? I don't maybe, know. Maybe Jazzy Gabbert, if she was healthy. Just have her come out and stand there. You know what I mean? Like the whole, the whole thing with China. She didn't wrestle a whole lot. She was just she was the bot she was Triple H's bodyguard. 
which is a pretty revolutionary damn thing. Yeah. Instead of guys on the size of Triple H, and he's got a bodyguard who's this just jacked, massive chick. Yeah. Jazzy Gabbert would be a really good China because she doesn't have to do much, just stand there and look intimidating. And she does. Jazzy Gabbert gets by on looking like a beast. So if she were healthy, I'd say Jazzy Gabbert for China. Um, what about like an ODB or um, – I'm trying to think of who the other big women are. A Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace might be a good one. She's a little, uh, too, too, sweet little too facey and too sweet. Too yeah. sweet too sweet looking in the face is the only, the only downside with Jordan Grace. Uh, China actually looked like she could kick your ass. Jordan, uh, Jordan is more like death by snooze new. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> Most of the other women are – and I, I hate to do a physical-to-physical comparison because that's what I was trying to get away from initially. Yeah. But for some reason, I'm wanting to find a heavy, right? I'm wanting to find a bruiser uh, of sorts, an enforcer, right? Yeah. Uh, what about the Outlaws? What, is there, um, a, is there well, a tag tri- team? I, Seth for Triple H, someone who's who's smart and can beat you in a match. Uh, again, we're not going apples for apples phys- physically speaking because Seth isn't anywhere near as big as Triple H was, but I'm just talking about in terms of what he brings to the table. Um, and then um, for the for, for the tag team, um, you know, uh, kind of... I'm, I'm thinking about like the vibe that they bring again, and street profits are almost too happy-go-lucky, but something like that, like really, if 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 Enzo and Cass were still around, I'd say them, yeah. like that same kind of a little bit rebellious. Um, that's a, you know, that's big, a perfect big one. catch for it. Lots of lots of catchphrases, uh, lots of energy. The difference is fun, that goofy the, moves the like out- Enzo and Road yeah. Dog. Road Dog had right. his little, well, outlaws little stutter could actually, punch. Outlaws could actually work. Enzo yeah. couldn't work. And that's the only difference. Um, but, uh, yeah, something like that where it's they're, – they're the hype men in a sense of the group from what I – like the way I feel about it. Like they were kind of the hype men of DX. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of a tag team that is in WWE. Maybe the mm, – New Day and Usos wouldn't be right because they're not edgy enough. New, Usos maybe. New Day's got the catchphrases and the. But Aww. Usos are edgier. Usos are a little edgier, yeah. but not even then, not as edgy as as DX would have would have no. been. Maybe I guess if you really let them loose on it, but I don't know. Uh, the X Pac is another one where basically I would say like a uh, mm, Buddy Murphy's too reserved. Esme in the chat says Flip Gordon for X Pac. Oh, that's a really good one. I'm sticking to that's WWE, and that's a really yeah. good. That's a really good one. Flip Gordon is really good. I can't now. I can't. Damn it, Esme. I can't get that out of my head now. That's perfect. <laughs> that is serious. That's perfect. Yeah. Damn. It is pretty perfect. Yeah. I could see a Joey Ryan for a Billy Gunn. Mr. Ass. <laughs> Mr. Penis. Mr. Ass, Mr. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. The yeah. bad dick. Joey yeah. Ryan. <laughs> Wait, it doesn't quite work. Ew. That doesn't quite yeah. Oh, God. Thank you very much, Martin. That'd be fun. I actually wouldn't be mad if Triple H like reformed it, similar to how he put Evolution together, um, sure. and somehow came out at the head of it, or something like that. I, you know, but I feel like he kind of did that with the Shield, as they as those guys all came up through NXT. But I, I feel like that's where the Shield was heading. Is that especially on their debuts, like when they came out at Survivor Series through the audience, we hadn't seen something like that in a long time, and. So they were putting that kind of vibe, that DX-style 
chaos kind of vibe. Meanwhile, you had Sanity over in NXT as well doing similar kind of stuff. Like, there's yeah. been opportunities to do exactly what you're proposing here, and they. How just did been... they miss the boat on Sanity? Oh man, I thought God, they were such a great. Sanity fashion. was modern they... DX. Mm. They, they absolutely could. No, have I wouldn't say they're modern. They're they were more like. Um... Uh, kind of like what the radicals were, the brood were for a while. Oh, it was fine. like you know the chaos, the the bad guys that everyone kind of thought were cool, but they were just coming in and just wreck shit, and they were on their they were out for their, themselves. You know what I mean? I love what Sanity did. I, yeah. I thought that was they they really swung and miss on that one, big time. Like uh, they they should have had that should have been a home run. Thank you very much, Martin. Uh, next up, Esme. Ask hello, Esme. Hello, Podfathers. Hello, Esme. Oh. First oh of all, want to thank you for guy thank you guys for being a consistent presence throughout this time. It's great to have some form of normalcy and it's all greatly right. appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for always being here. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you always so being much, present. Yes. Uh, now WWE has trouble with their champions. John Cena being the last champ. What makes huh. a champ a champ? How does WWE in this modern pro wrestling age keep a champ relevant? Keep them strong. It's Roman. It's always been and it's always going to be Roman. Uh, and was going to be Roman. Now, how do they elevate him to superstar status and keep him loved? So she's basically, I think, as being, correct me if I'm wrong, you're talking about like being the man in WWE, right? Like being the top guy. The question uh, for me would be, do you consider Seth Rollins? Was, he was even called himself the man. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was a failed experiment at this point. Sure. You had to look at him and say, you tried and it didn't gel. He didn't stick. Right? Ironically, they, last night on SmackDown, they replayed the 34 match with Triple H and Roman yep. Reigns, and he got booed Terrible. out of the building when he came Terrible out, and match, I'm sitting there going, why the hell would you do that on the eve of WrestleMania when you're going to have him probably win the Blue Universal Championship? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, they, I, don't, I don't know that they know the what to do with Roman. I mean, this is the thing. We've talked about the fact that Roman... Obviously, Vince was trying for years for Roman to be the successor to John Cena, like the new face of the company, the new the guy. And there was a lot standing in the way. And one of the major things was the fan reaction to Roman, the fact that a lot of people just weren't buying it. And Vince is just like, cool, I'm more stubborn than you guys. I'm going to make this happen. And couldn't foresee the fact that Roman had, you know, got taken out by leukemia. And now they had to slowly build him back up and take it and be very careful with him because, you know, it's hard to build your company around a guy who at any point could drop out. So they've now got alternatives. They tried Seth. They're now trying with Drew McIntyre. Um, I think I personally think Drew is ultimately going to be a more viable guy. We've said this for years, Nick, yep. but Drew's going to be more viable top guy than Roman because he's not as much in danger of being of, of dropping out through sickness. Even that, um, he's just way more charismatic than than Roman has shown he can be. Yeah, and that's and it, but it's in a really, it's a subtle thing because Roman, yeah. like we've said before, even in the middle of the height of lol Roman wins and the massive push, we were saying like we we can't stand the booking, but this seems like a really cool guy who's a really good worker, right? They're making him work this style where he's just doing like five moves that everyone knows and everything. That's what the top guys seem to be seem to do. But we know he's a good worker. We know the guy can go out there and put on a fantastic match. And he does. And he, he's very consistently done that. Um, but there is just that little thing. And you could really see it in the, in the feud between Roman and Cena. Where Cena just had... Uh, he was blowing Roman away on the mic. With charisma and everything else. And Roman just isn't... Like you said, he's just not quite there. That's not his 
feel. That's not what he brings to the table. He's a he's much more like the kind of like the cool, mellow, badass kind of guy. And when they push that too hard and try to make him too a badass, too much of a badass, it's off putting to the crowd. Yeah. So it's a delicate line with Roman. Whereas I agree, Nick, I think that Drew McIntyre has a much easier way um, w- about him, and also a much more like ease with charisma and a much better, much much easier time connecting with the crowd and kind of like having an easy conversation with them as opposed to Roman's just like, yeah, man, we all cool. Whereas Drew is like sitting there going like, you're cool and you're cool. I like you as well. But it's not so it's, it's gotten on the, it's gotten close, Nick, back when we did have a crowd, it's gotten close to pandering with Drew. And that's the thing I worry about the most is they're going to push Drew so much with this, that it's going to become pandering. Speaking of, we were talking about pandering earlier in the show. Yeah. I'm worried Drew's going to become WWE pandering to the crowd because they finally have a guy who can sit there and talk to the crowd in the way that he does. Exhibit A, Becky Lynch. Yes. Yeah. Right. And they're I think hot as hell at first. Kind of cooled off, and is in this weird spot now where it's a little bit of limbo. Is she still going to be the man long term? We don't really know. She's still selling massive amount of merch. She still gets huge amount of attention. She still gets great reactions from the crowds at large. So you, she's cooling off in your head, but that's also because you are who you are, and I am who I am. Like we watch a whole ton of wrestling, and we're a little bit jaded because we watch so much of it. Yeah, and it's hard. we have to step, take a step back from that, Nick, for a second. Okay, and realize that Becky is still maybe not as interesting to you, but she's still very hot with the crowds, very over. She hasn't lost that. Yeah. So they're they're still getting that. I I think that they need to be careful with Becky that she doesn't start to cool down with those fans, because it uh, you know we're the ones that we're the we're the canaries in the in the mine. Yeah. We start to die first, and then it's gonna you know it's a cancer that grows like it spreads. Right. You know it'll it'll eat away at the greater WWE universe if it if it takes hold, and you know people those people read Twitter and social media too, and. You know, they want to follow along. So it, they got to be careful with Becky. I liked what they did with the truck. It's unfortunate they couldn't make that a real WrestleMania entrance. I think that mm. would have been kind of cool. But I, uh, I, I'm, I'm struggling not to about, find reasons to continue to invest and be excited about. Uh, the rise was more exciting than the arrival. Of, but it always is. That's, that's Isn't just. It? That's, but that's just the novelty bias. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you like the new oh the new the new delicious thing oh Becky Lynch oh she's so interesting and uh, now I've I've had I've had my fill of Becky Lynch I want no more Becky Lynch I'm yeah. I'm bored what's the next best thing next then what's the next big thing give me the next big thing you know be careful of that because I think that they're she is still there she's like their top it's, I mean, she might be bigger than Roman at this point I think she might she I, might be bigger than Roman I hundred percent think she's bigger than Roman. Yeah, she's I'm on going, the video I'm game. Down. She's on the commercials. Yeah. She's on the trucks. She's on. She's everything. on the cereal. Yep, the cereal boxes. She is absolutely the face of the company right now, and has been for the last six plus months. And she, sh- I think she should be. As she should be. As she should be. Well earned. Thank you, Esme. Great question there. Uh, next up, Kyle uh, with Brody Lee dropping that Triple H was open to letting him work New Japan while the WWE. Uh, during his talk as Jericho interview, do you think this signals a more open WWE in the future with Triple H in charge working with other promotions? And if you were to fantasy book a World's Collide show between New Japan and WWE, what would your card be? Oh, I mean, <laughs> uh, Tanahashi Cena. I, I, I don't need Gotta anything happen. else on my card. Gotta Tanahashi happen. Cena. If, if that match ever happens, it'll never happen. But if it ever did happen, I would lose my entire mind. 
Tanahashi—that's all I want from a WWE New Japan card. Tanahashi Cena, give me that hard stop. I yeah. wouldn't mind Okada Rollins either. Um, watch or or Rollins Osprey. Just watch Rollins put his money where his mouth is. Pardon the puns. Um, as far as Brody Lee, Triple H, and New Japan, what I took from that was Triple H says, "Hey, let me see if I can hook you up with New Japan," and then never got back to him. So I don't know if that proved anything. Um, as far as Triple H being open to anything. Uh, it was like, it, that seemed more desperation, like anything to keep him out of AEW is what I keep, read. Yeah, exactly. That. But he also didn't follow up on that. And and I think the things that are more telling about um, Triple H being open to things is the way that we've seen him run NXT. How they talk about people's histories. How they talk about things they've done in other companies. They may not name check the other companies, but they talk about their other accomplishments, times that they were teaming up together other places. They're, they're not afraid of mentioning their real-life histories, and that is a big... For people that didn't watch WWE 20 years ago, that's a huge shift yeah. from where they used to just erase your history before. They're, you didn't exist before WWE. So, if anything, the fact that Triple H is willing to talk to other companies, and not only that, to bring in talent from those companies. He brought in Kota Ibushi to the Cruiserweight Classic. He brought in Jushin Thunder Liger for a match with Tyler Breeze. A one-off. Like, that's the stuff I'm looking at and saying, obviously Triple H does have some New Japan connections, but he's also open to working. Like, the talking to Brody Lee, because that didn't become anything, that doesn't prove anything to me. The fact that he's had these other other matches and other people coming over to WWE, even for on a test basis, um... And and not even just New Japan either, like Mako Satomura. Like he's will he's open to having people that are international wrestlers come to WWE and basically say, What do you think? How do you like it here? You know? That's the stuff right. that really says to me that Triple H is is looking at things a bit differently. And I love it. Yeah, me too. I love it. Me too. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle. Great question there. Marshall finally asks us with indie wrestlers out of work. Who do you see testing the waters of WWE and or AEW during this crisis? For me, I could see Joey Ryan making an appearance or two on AEW and use the time to get more popular with the casuals and possibly bring some eyes over to PWG. Uh, also, bar wrestling. Uh, thank, you to thank you to you both for the distraction from all the mess happening around us. Thank you, Marshall. Um, so for indie wrestlers out of work, who do you see testing the waters of WWE and AEW? Is there anybody left? I feel like they've... Are there they've any, who's staff. left? Are you gonna bring David like, Arquette in for the to challenge MJF for the ring? I uh, I don't know. Like that's the thing. It's I'm looking at the indie scene out there, and like everybody's been snapped up. There's a lot of people that are still working um, that haven't been on TV yet that are, I think are close. Uh, especially if you go over to like Europe and stuff like that. There's a lot of people sure. over there that are that are working. Um, but a lot of the people that are not getting. TV right now that are big in the indie scene, there's a reason for it. David Starr, right? He's not going to get booked by any major company because he's trying to unionize. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So right. I, as far as... Um, okay, so I'm sorry. The question was... <laughs> tequila. Uh, the question was more... Wasn't that who's big in indie wrestling? Who's going to come to them next? It's, um, it's what indie wrestlers are going to be so desperate because they're out of work that they're going to maybe grab a contract. And what I'm saying is I don't know if that's up to them because WWE has to ask you. You can go and like try out at the Performance Center. Um, but I don't know who else is out there who's going to 
sign up right now. If they weren't going to sign in any way, you know, if they weren't going to sign anyway, why would they? Why would they necessarily like sign now out of desperation? I don't know. Well, I mean, you got to remember, Cody and the Bucks and Kenny and QT spent a solid year almost recruiting, scouting, scouting and recruiting. Yeah. You remember that yeah. tour that Cody and the Bucks did around the Indies, where they would just show up randomly. Yeah, when Cody was the NWA That's champion where we got, and all. Where we got private party from exactly you know? all of those little that they, those were done for a reason. It wasn't just a gimmick. Like they were out looking for talent. They were scouting. Yeah. and recruiting along Darby the way. Allen so came. when the time came, exactly when the Sammy time Guevara. came, they could sign uh, a lot of you know mid card talent to be able to mm -hmm. fill out the roster. Of course, the first year of AEW, we're going to have the big names. You're going to have Jericho, Cody. Um, Moxley, Omega, you're going to have all of these big figures set the stage for what's to come in the future while they develop storyline and all of the, and the Bucks, I forgot to mention. While they develop storyline, plus you're bringing in experienced veterans like the Lucha Brothers, like the Best Friends, all of these guys that have basically eat, slept, and braved the indies for the last five to ten years. Butcher and Blade. Uh, Butcher and Blade. Like all of these guys are going to be your foundation of what's to come for right. the next five years. That don't read too much into what's gone on in the first six months. That's no. what I would I, say about it. I can't disagree with you. I I think that, uh, but that's but also by that point they've stocked up. Yeah. Like I, I don't I don't know how much more room they've got. I, I don't think. I mean NXT obviously they can just keep signing people till the cows come home. I don't think they should. No. I think AEW is doing pretty good right now. They can they can probably sign some more you know big people if they feel it's, like it's going to help them at the top of their car. But they're pretty stacked right now too. Impact's Who, who's pretty that? cool. Ring of Ring of Honor Ring of Honor uh, could use some more, but they've got a lot of they've already started getting like guys like Bandito. They just re-signed Ray Horace as we were talking about the last yeah. show. They're getting a lot of those guys that are uh, I feel like on the up and up, and some guys like Rush who are who should be like get, strap the rockets to them in the U.S. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that's why the rush is, rush is their champ right now. So, yeah. I, I, let, me, let me just cap it with this. He says, can you see people testing the waters? Yeah, but it's more like how deep are those waters right now? I don't even know because it's, like, it's not like WWE or AEW are doing a whole lot right now either. They don't have a lot of room because they don't have a lot of stuff going on. Because they also have no crowds. Who are the two guys over the last two weeks that AEW brought in? It wasn't indie guys. No, they've been planning on those guys for a while too. Matt Hardy, so long Hardy before, Lee. long before this happened. Yep, long before this happened. So, all, yeah. it's all part of the plan. But I, do I think there's a place in AEW and WWE slash NXT for lots of indie stars in the future going forward? Absolutely. I don't think it's gonna. I think the situation that we're in globally right now is putting a big yeah. old fat damper on everybody's kind of pumping the brakes and going, let's see how this all works out. Let's let's do what we can with what we've got. Yeah. And let's MLW, the guys, the guys working at MLW over here in the states would probably be like the only pool I would say that could be looking at at bigger yeah. stuff right now. But even then, like I think they're a lot of those guys. Like MLW is going to try and lock them down. Yeah, they're bigger guys at least. You know, Jacob Fatu, their champ. So that's that kind of thing. Yeah. Thank you very no. much, Marshall. Great question. Great insights there as well. And thank you very uh, much. Esme for... said that. What's that? Esme, oh, Esme was just said the same thing in the chat. Oh, Fatu. Yeah. yeah. Uh, TJP, I think, is going to do well over in uh, New Japan. I hope he gets something. Already is. Yeah, I think he. I hope he gets Already something is. really long term there and, and uh, builds a presence. What have you guys done to me today? Oh, oh boy, that's that's a lot of tequila. Good lord. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you guys for joining us in the chat as uh, we've gone through the patron mailbag episode number 25 today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and if you guys would like to come over and find more stuff that we do, head over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, like our page and send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. You'll have a good time. Uh, you can also follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream yes. live right here on YouTube every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And then do this patron mailbag show immediately after that. So lots of content coming oh, yeah. your way all throughout the week to keep you guys busy. Last but certainly not least, have to thank all of our patrons that make this show possible. This show is for you guys, so be sure you're at the $5 tier or higher. You get your questions in every week, and you get to hear us answer them to everybody. So uh, we, we have surpassed, I need to make an announcement, we have surpassed the 50 patron mark. So yes. uh, if you have been with us long enough, you know that Nick, uh, for the second time regarding Nia Jax, stuck his foot in his big old mouth. <laughs> Not only do we have the Nia Shrine, but when I, I said a little over a year ago, I think it was, I said, if we ever get to 50 patrons, <laughs> I'll, may, I'll take Nia Jax's theme song and maybe some coughing sound effects from last summer and uh, make that into a dubstep remix, which I will yes. then use as a ringtone. Well. The first draft is done, literally today. Yep. You guys will be hearing it soon. We're going to make a couple of adjustments. Yeah. Uh, you guys will be hearing it soon. So thank you very much. <laughs> if you're not a patron yet, go ahead and get in because you're going to need to for our Patrons Pick'em Challenge next weekend. We're going to have the picks out probably immediately uh, after SmackDown. We have to see what happens at SmackDown next Friday. But then we'll have the final card ready to go. We'll get the pick'em sheets out to everybody. But go ahead and sign up. Go ahead and get on to patreon.com slash BWO. Make sure you're at least in the $5 tier. And then you can compete for, for prizes, stuff and things, Ooh. all kinds of good stuff. But beware, there will be a booby prize for WrestleMania. And being that it's WrestleMania, it will be a booby prize of booby prizes. It's going it's to be a booby prize too big for one night. Exactly. But guys, thank you very much for joining us. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And uh, Nick, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finish this bottle. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, God. He did it, folks. It's going to be an interesting night tonight. I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God, but somebody stop the damn match. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.